Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Wisdom Words Podcast, where every week we're in conversation with people who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take you one step closer to that feeling of hope. I'm your host, Neil Choretti, and today I am so thrilled to be joined by certified migraine specialist, Debbie Weidel. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, to give a brief context to our to our audience, you have been helping women around the world with a problem that is pretty much universal. I don't know if anybody who hasn't dealt with some kind of migraine issue at least once in their life. Some of it is prolonged, as with your story, which we'll get into. Sometimes it's occasional, but it's a universal thing that I think everybody at some point or the other struggles with. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they say one in four households, someone is dealing with migraines. You know, the numbers wow. are just growing and growing, unfortunately. They're not heading in the right direction, which is why I started my business. And really, our goal is to support women one at a time to reach that number of destination zero of not having anybody have to deal with this. Right. And I know one of the the motivation behind it is you have had a background, you've had a history of that. So can you take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about that and your, your journey with migraines? Absolutely. So it really started when I was young, but I didn't realize I had headaches quite often as a child and they definitely increased once I hit puberty. But I didn't really think much about it, right? Like everybody else, you kind of grab the ibuprofen or the acetaminophen, you take it, you move on. But when I was in my 30s, I had what I love how Dr. Hyman coins this. He calls it FLC syndrome, feel like crap syndrome. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I spent years, years trying to figure out why I didn't feel well and why I was getting daily migraines. And I knew that I was way too young to be exhausted and how I was to have, I had digestive issues. I was in chronic pain. I was fighting with depression and anxiety daily. So oh. after countless doctors and being put on, I was on seven different medications for symptoms related to migraines and hypothyroidism. Wow. Yeah. And I still wasn't feeling better. And this was in my thirties. So mm -hmm. I finally realized that I had to take my life into my own hands. So I really began researching alternatives to ending my migraines and reversing that thyroid condition. And it was that time that I stumbled across people like Dr. Hyman and Amy Myers and Tom O'Brien and Josh Axe and so many others in the functional space. And I really fell in love with func the functional medicine approach. And I found it an intriguing way that I was really able to control my own health. And it was just so right. eye-opening once that hit that, I don't have to use a conventional approach that just works on managing pain, that works right. on pain when it shows up. I can actually dive into a functional approach and figure out why I'm actually getting migraines to begin with so that they don't show up again. So that's right. kind of where I started and why I started, you know, 10 years of migraines, I'd had enough. <laughs> I'd had enough after yeah. 10 years of daily migraines. That would probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a long time to struggle and, you know, uh, what is, like, what would you say, maybe th this might be more than just one thing, but is there anything when you were doing your research that particularly surprised you that, wait a minute, we never hear about this when it comes to migraines, or is there one or two things that 
that completely took you by surprise when you started doing that research? Absolutely. So I always thought that I was destined to a life of migraines because it was genetic, mm. right? You know, we hear with so right. many people that there's that genetic component, your mother, your grandmother, your aunts, your sisters, they all have migraines and mine did. So I really assumed that I was destined for this life with migraines. But once I started doing this research, I realized that genetics might be a component for some people, right? It might be a component right. for some, but we're the ones who actually determine if that genetic component is going to come to fruition, right? Just because right. you have a genetic component to get migraines doesn't mean you have to. I mean, I'm sitting here living proof today. So is my mother. So is my sister. You know, they no longer get migraines because through my research, I realized that migraine is actually a symptom of chronic inflammation. And when we focus on reducing that chronic inflammation in our body, you will notice the severity, duration, and frequency of those migraines start to diminish as you work towards reaching your full migraine freedom. Right. Wow. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I was going to go there. Like that was, is that like a, one of the more common root causes of migraines? Like, is that one of them? The so that is our, that is our whole focus. Cause really, if you take inflammation, you can encompass Mm -hmm. almost every aspect of someone's life under that. So for example, for us, we focus on the six key areas of inflammation and underneath all of those key areas, what we are actually working on is taking a look at your whole entire life and determining where the inflammation is coming from. And by reducing that, that's when we start seeing results. And the happy side effect of this is everything else starts feeling better. You know, I love it after working with my clients for four months when I ask them how they're feeling. The first thing isn't typically them telling me that they have no migraines anymore, which is typically the case, but they right. list off all these things of, I can actually sleep. I'm not exhausted anymore. I don't have joint pain anymore. My autoimmune conditions have gone into remission. My allergies are less. My gut health is great. I'm finally like actually going to the bathroom every day. You know, we don't have that chronic constipation anymore. So our approach, really the happy side effect is migraine freedom. But what we're working on is making someone's body to go back from this chronic state of inflammation back down to an acute phase. Because I know some people listening right now might be thinking, ooh, inflammation's bad. It's not the inflammation that's bad. You know, if we did not have that inflammatory process, we actually wouldn't be able to survive, right? right? Think about when you cut your finger. If that inflammation didn't come in, your, your finger's not going to heal, right? Yeah. The problem right. is most of us around the world are in this state of chronic inflammation. So our body is constantly fighting a battle that it's losing. And you mentioned like that it can stem from, does it just depend on the individual from years ago? Or because you said you, you try to get to the root cause of it with your clients. So yep. is that like generally, how far, is there an average number? Or just does it depend on the individual? Is it from years ago? Is it more recent? Is it, how does that all uh, come about? Absolutely. I was actually asked this question today by someone in our Women's Migraine Freedom Group. And she said, you know, well, there's no way inflammation can be the cause for me because I started getting migraines at five. How could I have been inflamed at five? Mm. And what I tried to explain is that when you are born, you're actually born with the microbiome of your parents, of your grandparents, of your great grandparents. So not to place the blame on our, on our wonderful relatives, 
but we right. do inherit their microbiome. And if they were a person that was inflamed, you know, for whatever reason, you are now. And the only way to really reduce that inflammation is to be working on these six key areas. You know, we work on electrolyte symmetry with our clients. We work on nutrition integration, things like circadian responsivity, um, mindset modulation, movement stabilization, toxicity mitigation. You know, those are all the six areas. And if someone's already inflamed, they are more sensitive to all these. So let's just take this five-year-old for an example. What if they live near a factory? Right. Now they have more toxins in the air. They're already inflamed. Their body is going to have a hard time bringing that inflammation down. So you actually have to have more focus on it to be able to achieve that goal. Right. So it really, your inflammation could come at any point in time. Now, for a lot of women, we see a trigger around the time that they hit puberty. And that just has to do with, you know, without getting too scientific, it has to do with more of, you know, being able to actually work on the process in your body of those hormones being created properly. And when your body is inflamed, the hormones are not being created properly. This is typically when we don't sleep as well. And when we don't sleep as well, we don't have rest rejuvenation repair at night. So we start this spiral of that inflammation creeping up when that puberty sets in. So now the majority of my clients, that is the time frame. It's usually anywhere between the ages of 14 and 18. You know, that is a big space of women that, you know, when their migraine started, but then there's also quite a few that when they hit perimenopause. So again, here's another major shift in hormones. And again, it's not the hormone to blame, but it's the whole process of the body not being able to actually work on balancing those hormones because it is in a state of disease. Yeah. Do other like mental health conditions, specifically for young women, do they play a hand on that? Like if they're suffering from, say, sexual trauma or uh, clinical anxiety when they're young, does all that contribute more to it? A hundred percent. There are actually studies out there that people can, you know, feel free to go right and take a look at PubMed and other places. But there are studies out there that stress actually causes more inflammation than some inflammatory foods. So here are women that come to me looking for support and all they want to talk about is diet. You know, everyone thinks if we just find that magic diet, right, that magic elimination diet, the world's going to be better. And diet, sure, is a part, right? We work on nutrition integration with our clients, but that stress piece is just as much a part as food. So when we kind of poo-poo how we're feeling, don't want to worry, you know, don't want to focus on things that have happened to us in the past and aren't ready to open up and actually work on our mindset, then we really are holding ourselves back. Plus the other component to that is when someone comes to me with migraines, typically we have some gut dysfunction, usually leaky gut. And when you have gut dysfunction, your body's actually not creating the neurotransmitters that it needs to right. keep you happy, to make you feel good, right? Because our serotonin and our dopamine, two of the neurotransmitters that are created in our gut there's a little argument over the exact amount, but we can say on average, it's 80 to 90% of our serotonin. Wow. And on average, it's 40 to 60% of our dopamine. And if your gut's in dysfunction and not creating those, you are going to feel anxious. You right. are going to feel depressed, no matter what happened to you, right? You're just, those are going to be normal feelings because your body's not doing what it needs to do. So yeah. when we work on focusing on those areas and actually getting that gut health back where it needs to be, 
through all the areas that we work on, you will find the need, you know, because many of these women come to me on, you know, depressive medications, anti-anxiety meds, you find the needs for those meds start to dissipate, you know, if not, you've been able to get off of them once you're healed. Yeah, it kind of all runs together, right? It's like one thing causes another, causes another, but that causes, so, and I'm so glad you mentioned the gut health because practically every guest that we've had, which is like naturopathic doctors or people in that area, they always make it a point to mention gut health and, and how crucial that is. So, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think we stop to think enough about the things that we put in our body the impact mm-hmm. that it plays, you know, yeah. because we have kind of been taught in this society, especially in America, everything revolves around food, right? You go to a kid's soccer games and there's yeah. snacks before, there's snacks after, there's snacks in the middle. Totally. Everything revolves around food, but it revolves around what we think is the pleasure part of food. And we oftentimes forget about how powerful each and every bite is. Right. And the more that we eat those foods that actually our body needs, the more we have a taste for them and we actually start enjoying things that we never thought we would before. Right. You mentioned that like, you know, most of the time it's it's not like diet based, but more the root cause is something much bigger than just diet. But with that in mind, are there actual foods cuz you keep I keep reading and I'm sure everyone else does about brain foods and eat this and your headaches will go away. Is that, is there even possibilities in that in certain, do certain foods help or are beneficial or does it really depend just on the individual? So a lot of this is individual based, right? Because we do have to look at someone's overall health and where they live, what they're willing to eat, you know, like if you're vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian, whatever the case may be, a lot of that is individual. But that being said, there are some things that we know that we know are not good for us. So let's just say it out now. I know I'm never a fan when I say this, but if anybody's having migraines and you are consuming a lot of sugar, that is one area right there that you gotta focus on. Now I'm not saying you have to be 100% sugar-free and I'm not saying go and find sugar-free alternatives to things because those connect, those have their own issues in themselves. But this is an area that we work on with our private clients on trying to find how we can start shifting our palate so Mm -hmm. that we're actually craving different kinds of foods and enjoying sugar as a treat, not something that becomes part of our daily life, which for most Americans, 22 teaspoons of sugar a day is average, average, you know, and I believe in the UK, if I'm quoting this properly, I think it's like 20. So they're not much better. You know, they typically have better regulations and all that with their food, but they're still right up there with us. And just think about that amount and the kind of impact that that can have, not just on migraines, but on your total health and your gut health. So that is one thing that we talk to our clients about. And then on the other end, you know, what kind of foods are good? Again, this is very generalized, so I don't want anyone going out and changing their diet based on what I'm saying today. You should always consult with your doctor first. But yeah. thinking about healthy, real foods, you know, when we talk about um, when you eat a food, it should be 100% real. What does that mean? Well, it's something that is not man-made. So if, you know, it is something that was created in nature, something yeah. that your great grandmother would know what it was, that's a good food to start with, right? If your yeah. great grandmother doesn't know what it is, 
chances are you don't want to be eating it. <laughs> so we start there. We start at that basic. And then from there, we can help each one of our clients tailor what they need. Maybe somebody does need to be gluten-free. Maybe somebody does need to be dairy-free or soy-free. You know, maybe someone doesn't do well with nuts or someone just doesn't do well with citrus. But I have found that if I lay a blanket claim for everyone, we're not going to get the results that we're looking for yeah. because every single human is different, which is yeah. why it's so hard for someone to go online and try to do their own research to end migraines. Yeah. Yeah. And right. that is why they should come to your practice. So we'll get into like maybe tips that you can suggest for people, like in addition to getting help. But before we do that, yeah, tell us about your practice. How did that get, when did you start it? How did that get started and what all you offer to your clients? Absolutely. So when I was going through my own struggle, you know, I knew, as I said, I had to do something. So I really did start doing a ton of research on my own. And through all of that research and using myself as a guinea pig, you know, I realized the impact that I could have on my health and going from daily migraines for 10 years to all of a sudden not having migraines anymore. I knew that there was something, this was something that I really needed to share with the world because for me, the time that I had migraines was when my kids were really young mm -hmm. and I missed out on a ton of their life, a ton. Right. You know, there were a lot of baseball games I went to with sunglasses on and my eyes were closed and nobody knew it. You know, there were a lot of nights where, you know, it still makes me feel terrible to say it, but I could not wait till my children went to bed because my head was pounding so much. So I actually, um, through, through my learning and through working with a health coach my, myself in the area, I developed what I now call the Freedom from Migraine Protocol, the program that I use with all of my clients. I started working locally, you know, going to local areas, you know, of health and wellness to support women. And then this, you know, C word started a few years ago <laughs> and kind of forced a lot of us online, which yeah. really was absolutely wonderful because now not only do I get to support women that are local, but as you mentioned, I do work with women around the world, you know, Australia, Mexico, Canada, China, UK, you know, we have, it's so amazing to be able to have that touch point and support everyone. I mean, right before I talked to you, I was talking to someone uh, from the UK, which was amazing. Yeah. So we work with them online through an online forum and each person we work with a little bit differently. So if it and is what we is the, the practice called? We are in the Balance Health Coaching. And again, the protocol is the Freedom from Migraine Protocol. Yeah, and we've been, uh, we've been doing this for quite a few years and have supported thousands of women to actually get their lives back. It's probably the one of the, besides my children, it's one of the greatest things that's happened in my life because being able to, on a daily basis, have that kind of impact on someone's world is just priceless. Right, yeah. <clears throat> you, you mentioned this when we were, you know, I was, uh, when I first emailed you and, you know, we were going back and forth on possible topics. And the one thing that kept coming up is women and how common it is. What is it like in their bodies that they're more, it's more common with women than it is with men. Like so many women out there struggling. Is it physical, mental? Why women so much more yep. than men? Absolutely. So one, the obvious, there is a little bit of a different physical piece, right? We do know that hormones can play a part in this. Now, when I say that, I don't want people running out and going, oh, I got to get HRT. I've got to, you know, get on the pill or do those things to balance hormones. As I mentioned, 
we have massive control over our own hormone production based on the things that we do. So our focus, we actually don't even bring up the word hormone very often, but we know that everything we're doing is focusing on that. So that is one reason. But the second reason is really more of a mindset piece. Almost every single woman that I speak with or that I talk to, they talk about the fact of when they get pain, they push through. Their job is to figure out what they need to do to be able to continue doing what they feel they have to do. I have to get the kids to school. I have to help the kids with homework. I have to go to work. I'm the one who's going to clean the house. I'm the one that's going to whatever, whatever the case may be. So instead of these women stopping and saying, I need to take a break. I need to, you know, do something for myself to get rid of this migraine. We pop a pill. We grab an ice pack. We grab essential oils, we grab our TENS unit, whatever it is. And I know this because I did it for 10 years. (laughs) Did it for 10 years. I was the poster child. But unfortunately, when we do that, what we're doing is we're ignoring our body talking to us. And I like to explain it by saying our body can't speak English. You know, if if it could, it'd be so cool, right? It would be, yeah. Neil, what you ate this morning was not so good for you. You know, I'm going to, you know, let you know that by giving you a headache, right? But it can do that, so it gives you a symptom. And the problem is most of us ignore those symptoms our whole life, right? Mm -hmm. As I mentioned to you, I first got headaches when I was younger. I now know they're migraines, but I just covered it up with a pill. I was like, it's normal. I normalized it and covered it up. And because I kept covering things up, the inflammation got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. This is what women do. You know, the average woman, again, the women I'm speaking with, we don't want to feel like we can't do everything. So we don't take the time for ourselves. And then when I speak with people about actually, you know, working with us and, and doing things, one of the biggest complaints is, well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. And in turn, I turn around and say, well, I think that's kind of the opposite, right? How many days and how many hours and how many months are migraines taking away from you? Someone this morning mentioned to me, the person I was speaking with mentioned to me, you know, well, I only get two migraines a month. I go, okay, well, how long do they last? About four days. I'm like, okay, so that's eight days a month. I said, what if we just take an average of five? Let's just say it's an average of five. That's 60 days a year. That's two months in a year that you've now lost to migraines. Yeah. So what if we work on migraines for four months? And really help you, you know, get to the point where you are thrilled with how you're feeling. And now you don't have to have years and years and years of losing 60 days. And chances are, if you don't take care of the migraines, they're just going to get more. It's not going to be 60 days. It's going to be 90. It's going to be 120, you know, until you're someone like me where it's 365. Yeah, yeah. It's that's the unfortunate thing, right? That's another thing that we are a Band-Aid culture, basically. Most yep. of us. I mean, not everybody. There are exceptions, obviously, people yep. like you and others, but it's it's put a Band-Aid. We, if something is wrong, we just don't want to see it. We want to cover it up, forget about it as much as we can or suppress it and move on, right? And that's what you're referring to is the same with women who come to you with migraines. If they have families to take care of, it's like, what can I do to pretend this doesn't exist or to hide it or yeah. to just suppress it to where I can forget about it, which yeah. no treatment ever works that way, right? It, it, yeah. You have to address the root cause. A hundred percent. And we joke about it. Like um, if you jump in your car and your check engine lights on, It'd kind of be like taking a piece of duct tape and covering that up so you didn't have to look at it, right? right. You keep driving your car, 
you might be able to drive it for a couple days, maybe a couple hours that, you know, it'll go. And then all of a sudden it's going to go, I'm done. I'm done. And what we don't want is we don't want women to hit that point because it's, then it's not going to be migraines. It's going to be autoimmunity. It's going to be cancer. It's going to be heart disease. It's going to be Alzheimer's. It's going to be a stroke. You know, now your body's going to say, I tried to warn you with the little things. Yeah. I started small, (laughs) little headache, little asthma, little, you know, little rash. I started small. Then Mm -hmm. I gave you a big pain. You still didn't listen. So now I'm going to give you something else. Right. So we want to ensure doesn't happen. So even though my program, my protocol is the freedom from migraine, we could really make it unsexy and say, hey, we're just trying to reduce your inflammation so that you can live a healthy life. Right. Yeah. And that's what the bottom line is. How would a layman recognize the difference between a headache and a migraine? Like, how would they distinguish, okay, this, maybe for this one time, I can take an aspirin or a Tylenol or whatever, because it's just a headache. It's not a chronic thing. I'm not suffering every day versus the, what are some of the signs that they can look out for to say, okay, hey, wait a minute now, this might be something much more serious. Absolutely. So when we look at pain, we look at it on a scale of one to 10. And we kind of think about that one to three is, all right, I can function. Maybe I need an Advil, but I'm okay. I can keep going. Four to six, it kind of takes us into that zone of, all right, now I need more than that. I got to get to a doctor who's going to prescribe me something more, right? You know, because what I'm doing with the Advil, the Tylenol, whatever, it's not working. So that's typically when someone goes to the doctor and they're going on these abortive medications, you know, like Imitrex and those kind of things. And then seven, eight, nine, this is when we know we're in bed. We can't get out, right? We're in massive pain. That's typically when you end up on a preventative medication, which sadly, most of those are actually written off script. They're not even made for migraines. People are getting put on blood pressure medication and epileptic medication. And yeah, oh, the list is, the list is quite long of things that they will try. They're all anti-inflammatories, which lets you know that big pharma knows that the problem with migraines is inflammation because we're putting you on anti-inflammatory, but it's a medication that unfortunately is only working for short term. And the side effects of that medication are toxic and toxicity increases inflammation. So now you stay on this little hamster wheel, right? Right. So we look, we look at some, someone's level of pain using those numbers, but then we also have an application and assessment form that we have people out, people fill out so we can look at their symptoms. We can look at the things that they've tried. We can look at what they've talked to their doctors about. And some of the obvious things, you know, if someone has an aura, if, you know, you're getting severe pain that's making you, you know, go to the point of where you're going to be throwing up, you know, we have quite a few people that are dizzy. So there are, are a lot of symptoms but you can typically tell by looking at someone's history if this is something that's just a little headache or something that is a more serious issue because I've never heard anyone that has a migraine describe their migraine as a headache ever, (laughs) ever, ever. Um, But obviously anyone that we work with, we always make sure that they have chatted with their doctor, had the tests that they need to have done to make sure that there is no serious underlying condition. Because let's face it, you know, not every headache or every migraine is just that. There could be something else involved. So sometimes getting an MRI done or having some blood work done is essential. We make sure that that is taken care of because whenever we work with clients, we are working with them in conjunction with their doctor to make sure that they are getting the best care. So it is like a health team that is gonna help them get to the results that they're looking for. Right. So aside from 
like those kind of programs like yours, which is super crucial, guys. So check out Debbie, her practice, and if not hers, then something else, but definitely Debbie. But <clears throat> apart from that kind of long-term care, what are some things people can incorporate daily, especially women, in mm -hmm. their lives to sort of prevent it or add be a supplement to the professional treatment that they're getting? Absolutely. So, you know, first of all, obviously get to your doctor, get your physical, make sure everything is good, you know, and then really start focusing on some of the basics. You know, there, when we talk about migraine freedom, there are kind of like two or three different layers that we look at. The first layer are things that everyone can do. You know, this is advice that I feel comfortable giving you right now, because if everyone does these things, it's not going to hurt them. So the number one, get rid of the sugar, <laughs> get the sugar out of your diet, get it lower. But even doing that, be careful, you know, because if you're someone who is a sugar addict and now you're dropping down to nothing, you're probably going to feel that sugar flu. You're not going to feel good, you know, so even getting a coach or someone to help you do that, it can be imperative, but that's number one. And number two, make sure you're drinking water. I can't even tell you how many people I talk to that they're like, oh, well, I drink coffee. I drink tea, especially my amazing people in the UK. I have yeah. eight cups of tea a day. I'm like, well, okay, but I'm just kind of talking about water. You know, can we, can we drink water? Now, I can't sit here and tell each person what the right amount is for them because yeah. there's so many factors that, you know, will go into play, their activity level, their stress levels and all that. But if someone's only drinking two glasses of water a day, pretty good chance that we can sit here and say, you probably need more. <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then moving, getting up and moving every day. And this is one that I actually struggle with as well as, you know, we're both sitting here, right. You know, where do we, what do we do most of the day? I love working with people online, but it requires that I sit at a desk most of the day. So really taking a truthful look at how much you're standing how much you're moving in a day. And I'm not even talking about like kickboxing or crazy classes, but just moving, you know, yeah. and really getting to a point where movement is a regular part of your day. Starting yeah. with those three key things right there, mm -hmm. you will actually feel better. Now, again, I'm not saying your migraines are going to be gone, but no. doing those three simple things, starting there is a perfect path. Then after that, you might need some additional support again, whether that be from me or the person that's best suited for you, but then maybe we got to start diving into, okay, how is somebody sleeping? You know, what is their quality of sleep and quantity of sleep? And do they need that? And then diving more into that stress piece. You know, we actually did in November in my group, we did a three-day summit and had over 10 experts come on and talk about the impacts of stress on our physical and emotional health. And that is a key piece for everyone. It's going to look a little different, but looking at that and then diving, if necessary, into toxicity, you know, what are you coming into contact with? You know, like yeah. we help someone who is a physical therapist. She spent her day in a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. We help someone who, believe it or not, live next to a perfume plant. <laughs> I mean, the worst place right. for someone with migraines to live, but you know, how can we support them with those? So that's yeah. kind of, you know, that second tier. And then the third tier, if we need to we dive into, okay, what other health conditions are maybe holding you back? Do yeah. you already have autoimmunity? Do you have a thyroid issue? Do you, you know, are you struggling with some form of cancer that now we need a little balancing act here? And this of course is going to be where your doctor steps in more, but we can be there to coach based on 
our experience and based on what, you know, the doctor is saying that we need to do to be able to focus. Absolutely. So, and it sounds so basic. And I know there's probably going to be some people watching this going, please, I've had migraines for 40 years. You can't tell me to do those simple things. And that's what's going to cure me. And you're right. You know, that's not going to cure you, but that's the foundation. Like when you're building a house, you got to build the foundation first. We have to make sure the foundation is built solidly. So if those things are solid, then we move on to the next phase. And then when that's solid, like when you get the walls built on your house and we know the walls are good, now we go on to the next phase, getting the roof. So everything has to be done in a very specific order so that you know that you're going to get the results you're looking for. And of course, there's little tools we can use in the meantime to help minimize pain right? And I think these are the things that women are always looking for. Like when they're in a Facebook group and they're searching, they're like, oh, what's everybody doing? You know, what oils are they using? What, what ice hat are they using? You know, what herb is said, I think turmeric is the latest one this week that everyone's talking about, right? If you take turmeric, you'll end your migraines. Well, I love turmeric. It's great. And is it anti-inflammatory? Absolutely. Is it going to make your migraines go away? Absolutely not. (laughs) So we can use it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't use it. You know, we can use it as part of our plan, but we have to focus on root cause and ending it and keep those tools over here for the short term, right? They're just short term things we're going to use to help us manage the pain so we can end the pain. Yeah. Yeah. As much as people don't like to hear it, right? It's never a quick fix. No. which is what everybody no. wants, but sorry, that ain't going to happen. So no, I, I'm asked so often, well, isn't there a way you can work with me for a week, you know, or two <laughs> weeks, you know, to make it cheaper. And I'm like, if there was a way I could help somebody in two weeks and their migraines, um, I'd be able to retire <laughs> really young. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish. And we have, there have been a few rare unicorns that we have put through our program. If you get into the Women's Migraine Freedom Group and you check out Karen's video and Connie's, those people we were able to help really quick. But the average person to see the results that they're looking for, the average person is four months. Yeah, yeah. I would would imagine, right, what would make a difference in the timing is how quickly do they recognize that, okay, this is a problem and then coming to you, right? When do they, if they choose, like we talked about earlier, if they choose to put it off and finally when they're desperate, that's when they come to you, then it's going to take a lot longer because they've waited all that time to let it get worse. But if they start recognizing the signs right away, when it's still in the beginning stages, maybe it could be treated a little bit faster than otherwise, right? Absolutely. We had somebody join this week who is not getting many migraines. And she exactly said that thing. She goes, I do not want to be that person. That's four decades of migraines, chronic migraines. You know, that's how my mother was. So I'm catching this right now and let's do it. And, you know, we can help women, of course, in both areas, but yes, you're right. You know, when you're somebody who waits 40 years, which we have supported women, um, Cheryl, you can check out her video, but she had migraines for 50 years and is now found her migraine freedom, you know, but yes, it may take a little longer because if you are 50 years of migraines, you probably have very high chronic inflammation. And in our group, we use a migraine sensitivity scorecard to actually determine where you are on this level of inflammation. And we make it simple. It's like a stoplight. Green is good. You know, that's acute inflammation. That's what everybody wants. And red, not so good. Red is when we're worried about cancer and heart disease and all that. So somebody that's had migraines a long time is probably, you know, closer to that red versus the green. You know, somebody like this person who just started to work with us this week, who barely 
you know, has migraines or I shouldn't say barely because any migraine is a horrible migraine, right? But has, you know, two migraines a month, she's probably closer to like a yellow, you know, like a green yellow. So it does make a difference. So the sooner that you can decide that your health is your priority and you want to feel great overall, the simpler the process will be for you. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tell us where, uh, how can people get in touch with you for that? Like, tell us your social media handles. And then after that, I have one more question. But yeah, please tell us where can people find you? Absolutely. So on Facebook, we're on the Women's Migraine Freedom Group. So please jump over there and join. A member of my team will reach out to you within 24 hours once you join so that we can determine what trainings we have. We'll actually start helping you. Because again, we have a ton of trainings in there, but everyone's going to be a little different. So join us over there. You can also join us over on Instagram at debbieweidel.migrainefree um, or just my website, debbieweidel.com. So any of those places, you know, would be a great place to reach out to us and we can grab you that migraine sensitivity scorecard so that you can start self-assessing yourself today to determine your level of inflammation, knowing, you know, how quickly you need to start working on this. Yeah, so the, we like to end, you know, as we always say, this podcast always stresses hope to anybody struggling, that it, there's always hope. So I thought of ending on this note that what would you say to women, maybe particularly mothers or who have families who are struggling right now, and maybe the migraine, it makes them feel like, oh, this is never going to end. This torture is never going to end. What advice would you give them, like, just in terms of hope and say, hey, it's going to be okay kind of a thing. Absolutely. And I love that you use the word hope because that is actually my team and my word for the year for our company is to spread hope. And I think the biggest thing I can say to you is what you're doing isn't working, you know, and to keep repeating the same kind of thing over and over again is not going to get you the results. So if you go back to the doctor for another med, if you start looking at Botox, if you start looking at risky surgeries, remember those are things that are actually just covering up your pain not getting to the end of it. So have faith that your body wasn't meant to be this way. You know, you were not born to have migraines. You just happen to have migraines. So know that there is a way to be able to work on that root cause so that you can actually get back to living the life that you want, enjoying your friends and family, maybe thriving in that career that you want to, or starting those new passions. It does not have to be this way. We have thousands of women that we've supported and we'd love to be able to share their stories with you so that you can have that hope as well. <laughs> this has been so wonderful, so informative. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this information. It's, it's so helpful, so crucial. So thank you. Well, thank you for being a part of helping the one in four women that are suffering with migraines because the sooner we can get this information out, the sooner that they can start enjoying their lives. So I appreciate your platform and you allowing me to come on and chat with everyone. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Take care.